Hello and welcome to another episode of Free Course Politics Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Hills. And we are live together, Hills. We are together in the same room. Man, live from Silver Spring. It's here, it's happening, another live podcast. It's like if we had a recording studio and we were sitting next to each other. But we're sitting next to each other, but we're not in a studio. There is no studio here. Studio Day Hicks, I think. (laughs) Well, I am very excited, Hills, to talk about Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. Are you ready for this? I have been ready to talk about this all week since Tuesday. Yes, it is. A lot of things happened. Don't worry. We're going to take you through it. It's not a big deal. We'll help you get through it. We're going to talk about what happened, what does it mean, what, where do we go from here, all that stuff and more. We're going to talk about, um, you're going to get your fix for Super Tuesday right here. Yeah, and if you were wondering if you heard all these reports about things that have gone on, what the math looks like, who's in front, what happened in the States, we're going to take you through it all. So just sit back, relax, or walk, do whatever you're doing, but you have to pay attention. And before we get started, are you registered to vote? If you aren't sure, go to vote.org right now. We'll pause the podcast. We'll wait. Oh, we'll wait. And I mean, like, if you haven't registered to vote now, we're voting. So register ASAP or you will not be able to vote. And vote in the primaries. Vote for people who don't have the opportunity to yet. Hills and I have to wait till late April to vote respectively. And we are jealous of people who get to vote. So please go out there and vote for us. We might not even have the chance to vote at this rate. The, the contest may be over by the time we vote on April 28th. i got to tell you. So please vote for us. <laughs> please. We, or we can vote many times for you. But we'll be in jail. There's no voter fraud. Just vote for us. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for today we're going to do it a little bit different. There's no appetizer or side dish or dessert. It's just one big entree, one big family-style entree talking all about Super Tuesday, and that is coming up right now. All right, we're going to start talking about Super Tuesday. Remember, this is the entire podcast. What happened on Super Tuesday? So there were a ton of primaries uh, that happened, and um, Biden. Won- there were 15 states. There's Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, uh, Oklahoma, Alabama, North Carolina, Virginia, Massachusetts, Vermont, Maine, Minnesota, Colorado, Utah, California, and let's not forget American Samoa. That's true. You can't forget American Samoa. (laughs) I had to look it up where it was on the map. It's in the (laughs) Pacific somewhere. Biden won a bunch of states. Biden won all the states except California, Colorado, Utah, and Virginia. Bernie won those four. Vermont, not Virginia. Oh, I'm sorry. Vermont. I'm so, yes, Biden Biden won the biggest amount in Virginia, and Warren and Lesso Bloomberg played spoiler in the contest. Like Mass, uh, Warren played spoiler predominantly, mostly in Massachusetts, Minnesota, and Maine. Right, and so it's important to go in to remember that going into Super Tuesday, Biden was looking at how do I come out of this, having not lost all these states and maybe being behind from Bernie in overall delegates. And we'll get to overall delegate count. But, uh, you know, Biden ended up, you know, and uh, ended up ending Super Tuesday by being ahead of Bernie in all of, uh, in delegate count and in all these states. He was not supposed to win Massachusetts or Maine or Minnesota or even Oklahoma. I mean, these were all very heavily contested areas and the polls showed a very, very close race and Biden just blew them out predominantly. 
Yeah, you're exactly right. In Massachusetts, Biden didn't even campaign. Biden did not campaign in Massachusetts or Maine, and there was an, another one, Vermont. Yeah, or he Minnesota. Didn't go, he, he didn't go there. He, he didn't go to Minnesota. No, he, he literally did not campaign there. And Bernie had organizers there. Shows that there's a limit to public opinion and your or camp, what your campaign can do. Uh, could we pull up the numbers from? Uh, from Massachusetts for a second. So Biden came Massachusetts with 33.55%. He got a, just around 430,000 people voting. Bernie Sanders came in second with 345,000 and Warren came in third with 278,000. So imagine if half of those Warren voters voted for Bernie. Bernie would have probably won that. Yeah, absolutely. Another big one was Texas. Was Texas. Now Biden had a campaign here or he had a big rally with Klobuchar and Pete and Beto O'Rourke. And uh, Biden had very, very, very few offices. I think he had like two offices in Texas, maybe three. That's a big state. Yeah, it's a big state. And he had two or three offices. Bloomberg had tons of offices. Bernie had a bunch of offices. This was a state that was supposed to go to Bernie Sanders. Now, Biden won it uh, with 34.47%, 716,000 people. And he beat Bernie, who out who who out uh, had more offices than him, by a good you know five six percent. I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is. It's unbelievable what happened. Yeah, this was this was a big. You've probably already heard this, but this was a huge night for Biden. However, Bernie give credit to Bernie. He did uh, produce a, a a nice win in California, but not the trouncing I think people were expecting. Right. There was some concern whether Biden was going to get 15 percent. In order to get delegates, you have to be 50, you have to be uh, viable by 15 percent. And Biden right now, I know they're still counting votes in California. Biden's at 26.36 percent, so well above the, the, the threshold. Um, and you've got Bloomberg and Warren. They're taking a few delegates here and there in California. So Bernie, you know, really needed a huge win in California and he just didn't get it. Yeah, and that's why a lot of the predictions had Bernie up so much because they thought Bernie was going to absolutely crush California, and Bernie won it. Yeah, oh yeah, but he, he he did, and this was supposed to be a like this. The Super Tuesday was supposed to be very very good for Bernie. Bernie was going to have a lot of states that was going to go for him: Massachusetts, Texas, Oklahoma, Minnesota, Maine, uh, California, Colorado, Utah, Vermont. It was supposed to be Biden was supposed to try to just ride out this wave. See, if I can be by down by less than 100, then maybe I can start getting some states back when we get more south and more Biden territory. And Biden is now looking at this being like, I, if, if I, as long as I don't mess it up, I should be good. Yeah. And, and we'll get to the exit polls in one moment. But the reason why all these states were supposed to be good for Bernie is because he won them in 2016. Not Texas, but uh, a lot of these places had Bernie. Oklahoma, if you look at a county map of Oklahoma, on Decision Desk HQ, you look at a county map, 2016, almost all the counties were for Bernie. Right. 2020, Biden won every single county in Oklahoma. There was no Bernie County in Oklahoma. Right. Biden won Oklahoma by 13%. And this was a state that there were polls a day before, two days before, they had this tied. It was tied. And it was like, maybe they'll split uh, delegates there. Not anymore. Yeah. So this is why it was so big. For Biden and and, and yeah. Biden won every county in Alabama as well. Every single county, every single one. Yeah, and and we'll we will. I promise we're going to talk about delegates at, at, in this cast. But the fact is, when you win all those counties in such a landslide, it will impact delegate math so much. So, like a state like California, 
who has that has so many delegates if you start winning states lopsidedly especially in the south where these states have a lot of delegates too it can spell dangerous math now before we get to exit polls i want to talk about virginia for a second used to be my uh my home state since moved but in virginia which has a lot of delegates 99 delegates by uh sorry sanders won three very, very small counties. He won Charlottesville City, which has in total around maybe 11,000 people, give or take. He only won it by like two. Yeah, he won, he, he, won, he won it by 200 <laughs> votes. Okay. Then he, he won Rockingham, which has about no more than 6,000 people probably. Oh, sorry, that, that was Harrisonburg. Harrisonburg he won. And last one was Floyd, which has maybe 1,000 people, maybe just over 1,000 people who are voting. Biden won everything else. Everything yeah. else. He got. I mean, he he, he was crushing Bernie in Northern uh, Virginia. In Northern Virginia, Joe Biden had one hundred twenty-one thousand eight hundred sixty-five votes. Sanders had fifty-seven thousand. That's insane. That's bad. That's bad. And and you could see in a more educated parts, uh, highly educated parts, Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. actually placed second ahead of Bernie. Mm-hmm. And even if you combine both of them, which Elizabeth Warren voters don't necessarily equate to 100% Bernie Sanders voters. It's still lower than the Biden vote that you're going to get. Right. In two big and up-and-coming areas, Alexandria City and Arlington are two big areas in, in Virginia. Bernie Sanders placed third. And, and Biden in Alexandria had 49.95%, almost 50% of the votes. Warren had 18. And Bernie was below that. In Arlington, Joe Biden, 48%. Warren 19, Sanders 18. I mean, the margin he's running up in these huge state sales is enormous and pretty unexpected. Right. And these are not necessarily like areas that are historically have lots of black voters. No. Well, maybe in the past, but now these are suburbs. These are suburbs. These are lots of suburban educated. uh, They have Hispanics, but also there's a a whole lot of white voters here, too. So, um, you know, I don't know about the, the age gap in these these places but biden has a phenomenal night in virginia and last thing that i'll say is uh bernie sanders on on uh he had a big rally in norfolk in virginia which is southern virginia lots of black voters there um older voters there he was trying to run up the big margins in 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 norfolk in norfolk joe biden won 56 percent of the vote sanders won 24 percent and that's where Sanders held a big rally. He held a big rally of oh, thousands of people came there. And I was like, oh, man, maybe Virginia's going to be close. No, Joe Biden just blew him out of the water. <laughs> and Joe Biden didn't even really campaign. He had one rally in northern Virginia wow. where he had Tim Kaine and Terry McAuliffe there. That was just one rally, and he didn't even touch southern Virginia. didn't even touch it and beat out a county where Bernie Sanders held a rally. It's unbelievable. So Biden had a great night, and we're going to go into a little bit of what ha- what who are the voters right here? What, who are these voters who voted overwhelmingly for Biden? So there are exit polls, and exit polls are basically, you know, networks take polls when people exit the polling booth. Um, they're not super scientific, but they do, indi- they do can give a better picture of the electorate. Overall, the exit polls found that a median of 47%, so just about half, of voters on Super Tuesday decided in the last few three four days, compared to just nineteen percent, 
who chose Sanders and 13% who chose Bloomberg. So that means of voters who decided in the last three to four days before Super Tuesday, half of them decided on Biden. That is a massive, massive number. And CNN did a bunch of exit polls too, and they indicated that anywhere between 30 to 50% in different states, so some states had 30%, some states had 50%, all decided Biden. So that is a huge number of people who had no idea who they were going to vote for, and they chose Biden in the last few days. I think the exit poll speaks to the fact that lots of Democrats, and including Hills and I at times on this podcast, have been very, very scared and very, very worried about Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And they needed a sign that Joe Biden was going to be okay. Because I think Joe Biden from the beginning was a front runner. And then we started to get worried. Like, oh, he's not looking too good on the debate stage. He's messing up here and there. He got trounced in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada. Even though he plays second, he still got demolished. And we're looking for a sign that Biden's going to be okay. That his campaign is going to survive. And South Carolina and the endorsement of Jim Clyburn where he said, look, you know Joe Biden. I know Joe Biden. Biden knows us. We're going to be okay. That kind of gave people the relief. In this NBC poll, like the hills you just said, 47% of the people voted for Biden. Before that, the number was at 25. Yeah. So that's a tw- that's a 22-point uh, jump that he got just from winning South Carolina. Yeah, and, and all the endorsements, the Pete endorsement, mm-hmm. the Amy endorsement, um, just, just the momentum that he was having. And I, I mean, I don't think that Democratic voters necessarily buy into this, but the overwhelming victory he had in South Carolina, coupled with all the endorsements that happened in the late game and the stuff that we're going to talk about with Sanders and this, they got, people got spooked, all contributed to 50% of late deciders going for Biden. That's why he got these big victories in these states. Yeah, in Oklahoma, and then we'll, we'll move on from exit polls. In Oklahoma, a state that, I remember, a couple days before this was tied. They asked exit poll voters, what do you care about in a nominee? Someone who can beat Trump or someone who agrees with you on the issues? 57% said someone who can beat Trump. And of those people, Biden won about half of them. I mean, that's that's why he won the state. Because 60% care about beating Donald Trump. And half of the voters said Biden can do that better than Sanders can. Yeah, we saw an overwhelming shift in people over the last couple of days. Um which, which was astonishing. And we're going to get into, okay, we, we know these people decided last minute. What did they look like by race? So uh, no surprise. We'll link all this stuff in our show notes as well. We have these websites so you can look at what yourself about. <laughs> <laughs> what, well, all these results and stuff. So we'll put it in the show notes. And the show notes, you can just swipe right or left on your pod, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, African-Americans uh, voted overwhelmingly for Biden. Uh, younger blacks parted a bit to Bernie, but the margin is very small. They're right. pretty competitive. Bernie crushed with young white voters, while Biden got his Biden got the equivalent, you know, the other opposite end with older voters. So, but the thing is, who came out to vote? Right. Not the younger voters. The older voters came out to vote, and Biden crushed with the older voters. Um, and then Bernie and Bernie was overwhelmingly in favor of younger Hispanics. And Biden and Bernie both split the middle with older Hispanic voters. So what this shows is that Biden has a a coalition right now. Um, It didn't go by gender. I didn't get anything by gender. But by age and race, Biden 
crushes with older black and older white voters mm-hmm. and is softer with younger black voters and very weak with younger white voters and younger Hispanics. But he also is about even with Sanders on older Hispanic voters. So right. two, two areas where Biden needs to focus on in the future, young whites and Hispanics in general. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And that's and it's really interesting to see that because, you know, um, the fact that Biden is is crushing Sanders or is competitive in areas where Sanders should be ahead, you know, speaks volumes about uh, the spooked Dems. The fact that they're worried and they want I mean, they care so much about someone who can beat Trump and they view Biden as that. And even though he won't campaign in those areas, he still is where he is. Yeah. I mean, this the the exit polls and the race just show that whether it was the, the Fidel Castro comments, mm-hmm. whether it was the fact that people just got uncomfortable with Bernie, whether because he didn't have a message for moderate voters right. or people who wanted pieces of the revolution, as free course politics has been saying <laughs> for weeks, uh, Democrats got spooked. Yeah. They got spooked by Bernie and they overwhelmingly decided Biden was their guy. Right. And we're not sitting here saying, had Bernie Sanders listened to us and hired us, he would have won Super Tuesday. That's absolutely what we're saying. <laughs> uh, Bernie, we're here. <laughs> we're here and we could be bought. And we can be bought for a lot of money. <laughs> or somebody. Or somebody. <laughs> somebody. A decent amount of a money. A decent amount. A fair, a a, fair, a fair wage. A fair amount. Yeah, yeah. You may have to get some Mike Bloomberg dollars to get us over to your, <laughs> to your campaign, though. <laughs> uh, we will... We take Bloomberg money with gusto. Yes, with gusto. Yes. We will just say thank you and we'll just thank take you. it. Thank you. We're on your side now. Um, so let's talk about delegates. So where does this leave each candidate right now with, with delegates? And with pledge delegates, these are delegates that the candidates won from Super Tuesday. We're not going to talk about Super Delegates. That's for a different podcast. Uh, Joe Biden right now has 664 overall delegates. Bernie Sanders has 573 overall delegates. Warren, who's dropped out, has 64. Bloomberg, who's dropped out, has 61. Buttigieg has 26. He's dropped out. Klobuchar has seven. She's dropped out. And Tulsi Gabbard is hanging in there with two. Two. Two to her name. I mean, she's just going to stay until the end. Oh, yeah. And so you look at this and you're saying, okay, well, you know, Biden's up. Less than than a hundred. There are still votes being counted in California. Sanders should close the gap, right? Sanders should be okay. But remember, Sanders was supposed to come out of this with a lead, and yeah. he's now behind in this in our delegate count by you know just under a hundred delegates. This is bad for Bernie. Yeah. This got this was a total wipeout for Bernie because as Josh mentioned at the the top of the podcast, these were supposed to be Bernie states. Right. And when you get yeah. blown out, not in necessarily Massachusetts, but in places you get blown out in these big places and have a smaller margin in the big kahuna, California, than you were supposed to, it's hard. I mean, they're all proportional where right. you just need so many more delegates to bump you back up. And if when states are coming up, it's hard. Let's take Alabama for a second. Alabama had 52 delegates. Biden won 44 delegates. That is a net gain of 36 delegates. Yeah, 36 delegates. I think so. I'm not yeah. a math guy. Yeah, we're not math people. Okay, but 36 delegates is the is the margin there from just that one state, Alabama. Okay, right now, 
Biden is trailing Sanders by only 40 delegates in California. So Biden has almost made up that difference with just Alabama. That's why he's ahead. He's made up that difference by just Alabama, essentially. You know, take a state like uh, Virginia. There are 99 delegates. Biden has won 66 delegates. And Bernie has 31. He's made up, he he has a lead of 35 delegates. Between Virginia and Alabama, Biden has surpassed Bernie, even though California has many more delegates. Yeah, and that's a crucial, crucial point that Josh so beautifully, he has a big spreadsheet that he's made, which looks beautiful. And it's a, it's a big point. Like when you have resounding victories in these states or even just high margin victories, you are taking a bunch more delegates. And unfortunately, as we go forward, the map is not as fortunate for Bernie. Right. I want to focus on, on two more states, Texas and North Carolina. In North Carolina has 110 delegates. Biden won 67 compared to Bernie's 37. I mean, again, that's, you're picking up 30 delegates right there. And if you look at the map in the future, where is Bernie going to make up these states? It's not winner take all. People take different different parts of different states. And the big one is Texas. Texas has 228 votes, right? Bernie was hoping he was going to have a big win in Texas. He had offices there. He had organizers there. He had put money in there. He skipped the South Carolina primary rally to rally in San Antonio, Texas. So he was planning on winning Texas. And he lost Texas. He lost nine delegates to Biden in Texas. And you say, okay, nine delegates. Why does that matter? Bernie was hoping to come out of Texas with 30, 40 a delegate gain. And now he's just lost it. Yep. I mean, it's really, we keep saying it, but it's really incredible what's happened on Super Tuesday. It's one of the most fun Super Tuesdays I ever remember uh, getting to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I We were we were texting about it. We were, <laughs> Josh and I were on it. And um, I'm just looking at think Colorado that you put on here, uh, Josh, that uh, Biden won. Uh, they're still allocating, I think. Mm-hmm, but like are. Bernie won the state, right? Yeah. But right now Bernie only has like, it, well, Elizabeth Warren and Bloomberg got up in viability threshold. Yep. So what does this mean? What does that What does that mean? So they place so they can get delegates. And that means even though Biden lost the state, Bernie only gets 10 more delegates than Biden right? because there are other people who took delegates from both of them because there were more delegates to distribute. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, and if you look at that state, Colorado, and they're still uh, allocating delegates. They have about 30, 40 left. Um, but, you know, right now, Bernie's up 10, okay? But Bloomberg and Warren combined got 10 delegates. If those go to Sanders, suddenly he's opened up a 20-point lead. And then he starts eating into that Alabama and Virginia lead a little bit. But because he did not, right, then, you know, that's really crucial for, for Bernie. And, and it hurts him. Look at a state like Massachusetts, a state that Bernie was supposed to win. He lost, right? But Warren took 25 delegates from Massachusetts. Now, it's her home state. She should have won that, frankly. But she didn't. And Bernie came in second. And he, and he probably lost that state. Because those 25 delegates go to Warren instead of going to Bernie. Yep. And the math adds up at the end of the day. Yep. It absolutely does. So that's where the delegate race stands right now. Uh, as a reminder, Biden at 664, Bernie at 573. And we'll see where this goes uh, in the primaries uh, that, that are to come. But for right now, where the race stands now, you'd rather be Joe Biden than you would Bernie Sanders. Wouldn't you say that, Hills? I would say that. I would. I think Bernie had a terrible night. Terrible. 
So what does this all mean? We took you through a bunch of data, a bunch mm -hmm. of stuff, whirlwind. Um, what does it mean? Number one, big, big win for Biden. Biden is back. Biden is back. He, he, as we mentioned, we, he swept states he didn't even campaign in, which is, <laughs> I wish I could do that, right? Just, it's, it's really crazy to, for your campaign to say, we're not going to spend any money, any offices in these states. We're just going to basically give them to Bernie Sanders and hope for the best. Right. And then the voters were like, yeah, we'll go with Biden. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, just a quick side note here for actually... Oh, okay. We'll do it now. Uh, Biden had essentially no money left. He had zero money coming into Super Tuesday. Yeah. He now, uh, today, released a statement saying he's going to put $12 million in the states uh, coming up next Tuesday. Michigan, Missouri, Mississippi, Idaho, Washington. He's putting $12 million in. He never had $12 million before this yeah. Super Tuesday. He had like less than $200,000 in ads yeah, in it's unbelievable. a bunch of these states. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he swept states he didn't campaign in. He consolidated support, as we mentioned, Pete, Klo, uh, Pete, Pete Klobuchar. Pete Klobuchar. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar. Mike Bloomberg dropped out the next day after Super Tuesday and endorsed Biden. We're going to get into Mike. Don't worry. He was competitive. Uh, even like he, he blew out Mike in those states too. So Mike was threatening to like, to take away some of his support, but he like beat Mike in those states. So even the Mike Bloomberg people right. saw the writing on the wall here. So this Absolutely. was a big night for Biden. Absolutely. Um, and for Sanders, it means that really the Sanders camp has underperformed uh, in all sense of the word, except California. And even in California, you know, as we've talked about, it's, it's not as big as it should be. Mm -hmm. um, now, Bernie has crushed California in cities and rural areas in a really big feat for uh, delegates. He's gotten a lot of delegates there. But Warren split his votes, and he underperformed in Massachusetts and in uh, Minnesota and in most states, not all of them. But Bernie only got about 25%. He's hit his ceiling. The challenge for Bernie is to prove, how do I blow out someone in some of these states? What's my path to doing that? Because he's not blowing Biden out in a lot of these states. Nope. No, he – as we mentioned, if he was, he'd be getting – bigger delegate shares he's yep. not i mean like like he's just not having like vermont sure but vermont has 13 delegates so right not right exactly right exactly and you know you know colorado he's at 36 but biden's sitting there at 25 percent you know and and bloomberg is there at at 18 and warren is there at 18 as well so he's not blowing anyone out he hasn't shown that ability to blow someone out yet yeah he's it, not expanding his coalition yeah here. Except in Vermont, as, as, as you mentioned. It's a Vermont coalition. Um, <laughs> and, and as we just took you through with the exit polls and the race data, age and race matter here. And they're not just good for Biden or bad for Bernie. Biden cleaned up with the with blacks, older whites, and he needs desperate help with Hispanics and younger white voters. Mm -hmm. Very much help. Sanders has a young and white support coalition, um, young, white, and Hispanic coalition, but is not expanding beyond that. Older white voters are dead set against Sanders. Yep. Oh, you just have to look at polls in Florida, yeah. which, which Biden will might end the race in Florida with him. Yeah. Um, and black voters are just, they're, they've decided. Right. They've decided they're not expanding to, to Bernie. Right. And Bernie's, and I'm sure you've heard this, but Bernie's whole message is that he's going to bring people in to his 
Revolution. He's going to bring him in. <laughs> right? He's going to bring him in. <laughs> and he's just not. You know, he's not uh, winning these states with these young voters by the margins that he needs to. There's been no evidence that he's brought people in to his movement. He's not growing his coalition at all. And that was his whole reason for why he should be the candidate. Is he, I can bring in these voters. And he's just not doing it. And bring in and bring out the right. voters. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure young people voted. But if young people voted to the margins that he himself has predicted, we would have sent a big, big change exactly. in, these, in these states. And yes, there are young people voting for Bernie. But my question is, is, is are there a lot of people who voted for Bernie now that voted for Bernie in 2016? And the answer is probably yes. I don't see so far, and the, and the data doesn't show people who didn't vote for Bernie in 2016 voting for him this time. Mm-hmm. And that's the major change that we're seeing in this 2020 race. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. And I think the we'll get into Blar- Bloomberg and Warren and their voters. Um, very yes. Um, well, let's talk about what happens next, Elsie. So here's, what, here's what's going to happen next. We have a bunch of future primaries. And Josh... Uh, listed them, but again, next Tuesday, March 10th, we have Democrats Abroad, so that's 13 delegates, uh, Idaho, which is 20, Michigan at 125, Mississippi at 36, North Dakota, which is a caucus, at 14, and Washington State at 89 delegates. So uh, at, at these states, as we, we took you through before, Sanders is favored to win Idaho, um, North Dakota because it's a caucus and Washington maybe, maybe because he won it in 2016. Michigan is a toss up. Mississippi and Missouri, I think, are lean. Well, Mississippi's definitely Biden. Missouri is a lean Biden. But as we saw on Super Tuesday, Missouri and Oklahoma are not inherently different. Right. So if if Oklahoma is going to vote overwhelmingly for Joe, mm-hmm. Missouri might go the same way. Right. And if you look at uh, uh, Mississippi, and you look at uh, Missouri, um, those are states where Biden could gain significant delegates. He could gain a good portion of these delegates there. And even if, you know, Bernie wins Michigan, which is the big prize next Tuesday, 125 votes, he needs to win it by a significant margin. He needs to win it like 60-30. Yep. I mean, he needs to run up Big margin, and there's no evidence to, to suggest that he will do that because he didn't do it on Super Tuesday. And if, if Bernie wins by 55 to 45, that's a margin of 10 more delegates. But if Biden crushes Bernie in Mississippi, which he's expected to, which is 36 delegates, let's say Biden takes 33, yeah. 31, 32 of the delegates. No less than 30. No less than 30. So he's up by like 20-something. So right. Michigan, bye-bye Michigan for Bernie. There goes. It doesn't matter if he won the state. Exactly. Right. See, these are why these are so crucial. Right. And looking forward to March 17th, Hills and I have said that the race could be over by that point. And we're going to tell you why. In March 17th, you've got Arizona, Florida, Illinois, and Ohio. Arizona has 67. Uh, Ohio has 136. Illinois has 155. Florida has 219 electoral votes. Boy, howdy. Florida has almost as much as Texas did, right? And Biden gained nine delegates from from Texas. The latest poll in Florida Florida had Biden up over 45 points. So it was like 46 points. I mean, Bernie may not get any delegates in Florida. Biden may gain 
at the minimum 200 delegates right. in Florida. I mean, there's just no coming back from that. A 200 delegate net gain. Right, from, right. And that, I mean, there's no other state. California was the state for Bernie to rack up that score. Uh, with the exception of New York, but New York's all the way at the end of the calendar. Right. It could be mathematically impossible, especially after Georgia goes the next week afterwards. Right. Um, because that, Georgia goes yeah. at 105, and then we enter, and then Puerto Rico has a good handful at 51. But then we enter April, and as we saw in 2016, if it becomes mathematically impossible for Bernie to get the numbers, some of these later states may just start voting Biden because what's the point? He's a nominee anyways. And I don't think any Democrat wants a contested convention. Yeah. Um, maybe one. Maybe one. Yeah, yeah there's one socialist dem- uh, Democrat <laughs> that wants a contested convention. But um, mainstream Democrats, the establishment uh, Democrats, want don't want to broker a convention. They just want Biden to win it, and that's it. That's, you know, end, end of the game. Thanks for playing, Bernie. We appreciate you. Time to go. You know, stop running for, for president. Um, and so... You know, March 10th is a really big day for the Sanders campaign. If he can get some momentum and win these states by a lot, then maybe we're looking at a difference. He's got the debate coming up. Maybe it changes things. But right now, as you said, I would much rather be in the Biden campaign than the Sanders campaign. Yeah. And uh, Josh just showed me before we were starting recording a beautiful video from <laughs> Steve Kornacki, who is MSNBC's election uh, superhero. <laughs> uh, he might as well be. Uh, and we were going to post that in the show notes. I take five, it's like five minutes yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Take five minutes to watch it. You will get so much smarter by listening to him. Yeah. He's a very um, smart man. He's a super smart man. We, we just took you through some of the primaries of how crucial they'll be. Bloomberg and Warren. So they're both out. Bloomberg has endorsed Biden and has committed his campaign machine and money to support Biden. So we don't know what that's going to look like yet. Uh, odds are, I think we were doing just our basic percentages. We think at least 70% of Bloomberg voters are probably going to vote for Biden. Yep. And on the Warren end, we've seen a bunch of polls of like, who would your second choice be for Warren supporters now that she's out? It's been about 50-50. Yeah. It really about has. maybe Bernie edges out by a couple 55, more. Fifty-five, forty-five, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. that's not that's not overwhelming, right? For Bernie and we did a uh, little pre-episode, <clears throat> a pre-episode podcast on this on Wednesday. So if you haven't listened to, go back and listen to. We talk all about Bloomberg and Warren and Hills's conspiracy theory. Um, but the one thing that I'll say is that the problem for Warren is ideologically she's more in tune with Bernie. Mm-hmm. She's much more progressive than Biden is. However, her uh, her people, the people that that support her, her um, her supporter group is much more similar to Joe Biden than it is um, to uh, to uh, Bernie, because it's young, educated white females who Biden has been running up numbers with. Yep, in the suburbs. I mean, you just look at the maps of uh, just look at maps of of some of these states the suburbs go in virginia we just went you through it yeah. the suburbs went overwhelmingly overwhelmingly for biden. for biden so i mean and you you haven't gotten the northeast states yet the northeast comes up on april 28th yeah so you have all these other states in the country yeah i don't know that the warren vote's gonna really push bone burn it maybe to viability right viability not to in florida he will get blown out there will be 
a little be... rickety uh, whole like wooden thing hanging on by a thread of a Bernie sign. I... There, there, there will be bloodshed in, in in Florida. Bernie will have blood on the on the ground yeah. in Florida. It's going to be a massacre. Hurricane Biden is coming. Hurricane into... Joe is just Hurricane coming. Joe. Hurricane swirling Joe, in. swirling in. Uh, do you want to take folks through what we think Biden needs to do in yes. the next week or two? I do. Uh, so Biden, as we said, is in a great position. The biggest thing he has to do is he has to build up his campaign and his operation. We talked about his problem with white voters and Hispanics, uh, particularly the younger whites and younger Hispanics. Biden has to make inroads with them. He has to reach out to them and show them why this is his campaign. He re- if he wants to put this to put this whole primary to bed, he has to do those things. Um, he has to develop an easy to learn platform. We're waiting for Biden to say why him. He hasn't really given us that message yet. Hopefully, in this next debate, he can be very specific about here's what I'm going to do. I actually did see Biden put out a tax plan saying he was going to. Uh, create $10 trillion in the next four years by increasing taxes on the wealthy people, which is a good start. That tells me kind of where he's thinking. I want more of those plans. You don't need a ton of them. You don't need to bog me down with, you know, plans like, like Warren did, but just a couple plans of where he plans to take the Democratic Party if we vote for him. Yeah. March 15th is crucial for Biden. It is the next debate. Biden, come here. Lean in real close. I'm leaning in. Leaning in. I'm going to tell you four words that's going to help you in March 15th. Okay, here it comes. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Biden has, this is his one opportunity. If Biden has a decent showing, he's able to forecast this, the Bernie attacks that are coming because Bernie has literally shown what he's going to come out with, basically, if not a little bit more. Right. If he's able to coherently answer them, and put together why people should vote for him, like very easy to learn things mm-hmm. that he's going to do, he's going to be good as gold. But if right. he has a bad performance again, yeah. you're going to see a uh, Bernie resurgence. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, for Biden, really, just play it safe. Yeah. You know? It, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just play it safe and don't uh, do anything drastic. <laughs> yeah. no, just just remember how to debate an opponent and don't get mad because right. when he gets mad, he starts to think about a lot of things yes, at once. and he starts to mess up his words and yep. gets all jumbled and that just feeds fodder for Bernie and for Trump. Yeah, yeah. You know, so just, you know, have very clear messages. You know he's going to attack you on your past votes. You know he's going to say that you want to cut Medicare and Medicaid and all that stuff and mm-hmm. you don't have to get angry and start yelling at him. You can just say, Bernie, that's just not true, and you're just yep. lying. I remember in the 2012 debate, in the second debate between uh, Obama and Romney, Obama just said, that's not true. That's yep. it. That's yep. all he had to say. Yep. It, Governor, that's just not true. He didn't get angry and raise his voice and get all frazzled. He just said, Governor, you're just you're telling false yeah. things. That's not true. That's and, and Biden's debate prep better be on focus because the, everything can write on this debate. Yeah. So Bernie cons- – on the flip side, what does Bernie need to do? So, <sighs> Go ahead, Hildy. Tell me. Bernie needs to a expand his coalition. He de- needs to develop a message from moderate voters, white and black, because he's doing very poorly with them, on why they should vote for Bernie. As we, you know, in many places, he doesn't crack 25%. 
some places where he does when he gets 30 something percent not an overwhelming share of people right there's no message for someone who may like part of his revolution but not the whole thing there's <laughs> literally no outreach and all of his press conferences and messages mm. have been literally us versus them and who's them the people who voted for biden which right are the overwhelming right. majority of the party right now and it's not a good message he's just doubling down on his base and that's not going to win you more votes what does he need to do next he needs to review what went wrong on super tuesday and i don't i don't think his campaign has done that yet no no his, way his campaign has just come out with contrast ads of why bernie's better than biden yeah but they haven't actually done anything to act on what went wrong right and yeah. a quick thing there is um jim uh Clyborne, uh the guy who endorsed biden he uh was asked did bernie sanders contact you and ask you for your endorsement and he said no. He said we never had a conversation with the Sanders campaign. If you're Bernie Sanders, what are you doing? You're, like Jim Clyburn is one of the most important people in South Carolina. He's a revolutionary figure. And no one's going to win South Carolina if they don't have his endorsement. Yep. And you didn't even ask for it? Maybe you can think that you're not going to get it. And that's fine. But at least have the courtesy of being like, hey – Mr. Clyburn, here's why you should vote and endorse Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. And we're going to give you the reasons. I know you, I know you may have a good relationship with Joe Biden, but as we've seen at this time, he's not doing very well. I'm the campaign that can win. Please come and endorse me. At least seek it out. He didn't even try. Yeah. I, he didn't even try. <laughs> you, when, you don't when you don't try and compete, you're not going to win. Yeah. And he's only competing in a very small section of his Twitter bubble, mm -hmm. or it seems so. Um, and, you know, this comes to the third point and last about Bernie, is that he needs to start making himself look like a nominee. How do you make yourself look like a nominee? Well, you compete for voters of all types, not just the people you agree with. Mm -hmm. You don't rail against the uh, AKA establishment. The machine. The machine. Guess who this establishment is? Black voters. Black voters. Older white voters. Um, some older Hispanic voters, and that's that's supposed to be your party that you're right. going to represent. Right. Jim Clyburn is the establishment, but he's also a leader in the black community. Right. And not just in South Carolina, but nationally. Right. You're going to rail against him, the person you want your endorsement and eventually lead the party to. Like, you're it you're makes not no sense. you're not building bridges. You're cutting them and doubling down. So what Bernie really needs to do if he's going to turn this around is a pray for Biden to screw up and yep. debate. B Take new show that he is a candidate that can uh, do more than one trick. He can only do one trick right now, right? And that's the ninety-nine percent. <laughs> he needs to expand expand his coalition and show that he is actually a general election candidate who can appeal to everybody. Right now, that's why he that's why he lost. Yeah, you know, on uh, after Super Tuesday, uh, the the Bernie campaign released an ad. That showed Bernie and Obama and their good buddies and Obama saying all these nice things about Bernie. And, I mean, you've seen the ad. It was, it's a really good ad. It's a good ad. <laughs> it's but a good ad. Where, but... where was this? You know, it's too little too late. You can't lose Alabama and only get 16% of the vote and then put out this ad and think it's going to change things. Also, the Biden team is ready for this. Yeah. The Biden team has been hoping he would do this. And they, uh, and you know, they basically cut up. Obama's speech the Bernie team did and made it seem like Obama was praising him. If you read the whole comment from Obama, he's saying, I haven't really gotten to know Bernie. I don't know him that well. You know, we never really worked together, but here's what I do know about him. And then says those nice things. 
But based on the on the ad, you would think, oh my gosh, Obama just loves Bernie, and yeah. it's a little bit disingenuous. I mean, uh, <laughs> the the end of the speech, he says, "Feel the burn," and you yeah. can totally tell it was just cut. Yeah, that he doesn't. Obama said, "Feel the burn," but it wasn't <laughs> because he he didn't say it like he didn't say that Bernie's a leader. Feel the burn, and he's like it was totally a spliced right right cut, and it just is so like I could tell what it is. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, like, that that clip so. came from a unity rally that he did with Clinton and Obama, where he tried to get the the sorry the Clinton and Sanders he had to get the Sanders people to come over to and support Clinton, and he did it by talking about how good Sanders was. But it's very very obvious what's going Super on in, in that in that clip. Yeah, boy, uh, we went through a lot. Ooh man, um, are you guys okay? Are, are you guys okay out there? Because we toss a lot of information at you. That was a big family style meal. Yeah, it really yeah. was. I'm full. But I think I think this was a really good job going through everything of what happened, what it means, right. what happens next. And and I know that lots of times um, you listen to pundits and news organizations and they use language and words that, you know, is confusing to understand. Hopefully Hills and I were able to take kind of take you at a more basic level kind of what this means for you and your family and your friends and for our country and hopefully we were able to explain it to you guys in a way that you understand a little bit more about what's happening now. That's the whole point of this podcast. Well, um, before we go, a few important messages. The intro and the outro music is done by Brett Hillsberg. If you enjoy, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. It really helps. Uh, tell your friends to listen, and if you can, share this episode on social media. If you want to donate, go to the info section on the episode you are, are listening to. And as always, if you have any questions, please email us at threecoursepolitics at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good rest of your day. <laughs> <laughs>